Welcome to My Rules Are Better, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today a question from listener, participant, just all-around nice podcasting dude, Barney Dicker. Now, it was rather subtle, I have to say it was pretty extremely subtle, that I have sent a parcel to Barney, which went out possibly about three weeks ago, and has been sitting in Frankfurt for the past four or five days. So through this lockdown period, I've been experimenting with the postal services around the world, the UK, Australia, and now here, Germany, to get a sense of how long parcels are held for and what the general procedure is with regards to getting stuff to people. I've optimised the UK. I'd like to think, actually, that all the parcels that I've been sending to Roti Rochford in Hull have kind of optimised a route where my parcels get to him slightly faster than anywhere else. The slowest parcels, without question, are the parcels coming from the UK into the US. Well, I don't know, actually. It might Australia might be similar. We've had one parcel that I didn't track, but the parcels that I'm tracking that come from the UK to us in the US are just astonishingly slow. They arrive in... Well, Chicago, Illinois is the bottleneck. That's the worst place for a parcel to arrive because it'll be there for, I don't know, <laughs> four weeks? I mean, Flatnex medals were there for four weeks and then mysteriously they're released. So I have uh, the dog tag miniatures, the... What are they? Yugoslav? Second World War figures? Anyway, whatever they are. Hungarians? I think they're Hungarians. Anyway, they've been in Chicago for two and a half weeks now. Anyway, so... When I received the voicemail from Barney yesterday, first thing, I hadn't had a chance to check the status of his package, and I thought, oh, finally, the package has arrived with Barney, and he's recorded me a little audio to do that. No, he, what he recorded basically was very similar to the AnchorCast kind of style. I thought about putting it in here just for the sake of extending the audio in this particular podcast, but it can be easily summarized as follows. Barney was interested if I liked being a player, like if I liked playing games as a player rather than as a kind of grand poobah looking down kind of thing. And I think there's a chicken egg problem here. I actually very fondly look back on my times that I've played games. And when I was thinking about this, certainly when my friend from, well, former friend from Australia came over, not the most recent time because we didn't play anything. He was basically <laughs> pretty well paralytically drunk for the entire time he was here. And it was like three weeks versus before when he came maybe five years ago and we played four or five games of Warhammer 40,000 at the time with not the Blackreach set, the one, the Chaos versus Marines set, whatever starter set that was, where it was very heavily in favour of the Marines over the Chaos and through all the initial scenarios. Anyway, he and I played a few games. He actually played a game with my wife or two, two games with my wife while I wasn't here, while I was working. So that was actually probably the last time that I seriously played any game as a player. Prior to that, probably 12 years ago now, when I was in Las Vegas, I knew a fellow who used to own a miniature game store. And he and I will work together. And he invited me over one time and we played maybe four games of Space Hulk. So in the past decade and a half, that is the extent of the times that I have been a player. So the chicken egg problem is simple. You need to have an environment where people will offer you the means of playing these games. Now, it's true I could go out and look for games. I have attempted to do that in small part. The nearest game store is about 10 miles away. 
and I have gone there periodically. I've gone there to meet people periodically and things like that, but I don't know. No one has offered, and I've not really made... I could have made more of an effort. I think the thing that interests me when I was playing with my co-workers was a circumstance where we were all... It's not that we're all intellectually the same, but we all kind of approached it with a shared sense of who we are. In the outside world, just in the general population, I'm very different than a majority of the people here. I'm occasionally reminded of this when I recite passages of, you know, the Nuremberg trials and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm just a bit different compared to regular folk here. I have this fellow in Fremont who has a collection of orcs that he's painting for me currently, and I gave him four large legal boxes full of white dwarfs. He helped me out, let's say. Um, So he's about 13 miles away from me, and maybe when COVID ends, you know, we might get together and play a game or two. But this is the nature of these things, that the distances... So the fellow who gave me a good portion of the white dwarfs historically lives about 15 miles from me in the mountains, actually. And he, he has said he's got an ultramarines army, I've got a space oak army, I mean, I've got an ultramarines army as well. These are the armies that I purchased for my former friend coming a couple of years ago. So we could play any number of possible 40k scenarios and a variety of versions, but just has never happened. So my view is that there's a chicken-egg problem with regards to being a player in a game. And also, I mean, you know, shout-outs to what Boeing does, but I've never... You know, I've said, I've expressed somewhat of an interest, but I've never heard back from him saying, hey, we're doing this thing online at this time. I mean, even on a mailing list. So, yeah, it is a strange kind of thing where, you know, to be a player requires some stuff to be done. It's not just, doesn't just happen. And to this end, actually, I should make this point here. I've written three chapters of a near dark future novella, perhaps, maybe a novel that is lending itself to a solo game so i've been thinking a lot about solo gameplay recently with the view that this is a not even a zombie apocalypse this is really a kind of last human on the planet style adventure thing and i I reflected as i was watering my garden this morning particularly because barney is very positive about the uh, bastion land scenarios that i I find it's just too optimistic for me (laughs) particularly in this post-covid world the notion of a uh even remotely friendly dark future just doesn't seem to apply, right? And my view is we'll have more and more of these pandemics till you're down to, you know, tens of people spread out over millions of uh, miles. Well, millions of square miles. Anyway, whatever it is, you'll, you're ending up with very small populations that kind of are remaining in this circumstance. So, yes, I am exploring a few social issues through this writing and game. And I'm also very mindful that I have a series of games that I have started. I mean, literally, the post-Britannia Britannia rules are in a kind of 25-page state currently. So I have all these bits and pieces that I've left, little little breadcrumb droplets in the future relating to this podcast. And, yeah, I'm going to pick them up at some stage. But, yeah, I think the notion of solo gameplay is actually really interesting because it's certainly something that has come through this COVID period. And it's not... I mean... To my feeling, at least, it's not really been answered. With the red box D&D, the early basic rules that I had in the early 80s, I think it was probably 1983, 1984 that I got them. A large portion of them are designed for solo play. They're designed to actually 
introduce D&D to people through solo play, which I think is absolutely fascinating that they would start with this, like the notion that if, if you get this box set, you're probably, you know, a lone kid as it is. Convincing your friends to start playing this game might be a bridge too far. But here, let's have some solo games to work out how this thing plays. And I think that view, the nature of solo gameplay having primacy as a means of introduction, is not something... I mean, modern games companies just don't want that, right? <laughs> they want you converting your friends to buy the damn miniatures, right? So the whole thing is quite curious. But yes, I'm uh, certainly thinking along some lines. And actually, it's just fun getting time to write periodically, you know? Write three pages here, four pages there. But yeah, I need to go back to the post-Britannia rules because that was distinctly fun. And I've talked a little bit in this. There's elements of time. It's not time travel specifically. It's just a means of having scenarios with characters at various kind of epochs in their lives, which I don't think has ever been done. And it requires actually some really interesting mechanics to get around all the general, you know, space-time abilities problems. But yes, an interesting mechanic that needs to be exploited to the fullest. So, Tom Barbalay here in San Jose. I hope I've answered Barney's question. Uh, I think the short answer is yes, I have no problem being a player. But unfortunately, it just seems to present itself very infrequently. And look, a good portion of that could just be who I am as well, which I think was part of Barney's underlying question. But I'm certainly not objectionable to being a player. Um, it just doesn't present itself with any degree of frequency in my life. So, Tom Barbalay in San Jose, signing out. <laughs>